0: And we're back on the Health Interactions podcast. This is number four. And today I've got good friend and client with me, Sam. Sam's played quite high levels of Australian uh, football. He's been able to play in state leagues in both Western Australia and Victoria, where he's been quite successful in his approach to football but his body continued to break down on him to a point where he's uh, losing the contracts that he signed due to injury. Often his motivation would never waver. He, he continued to come back after injury and after surgery and after rehab to make it back into them high levels of Aussie rules. However, it got to a point there where his most recent injury sort of uh, was weighing up his future in elite sports. He was struggling at times. He's sought out some professional help to talk to which he states is super beneficial. So today we get to have a chat to Sam about his story. I think it's pretty moving to to have a look at someone who's quite elite in the sporting arena to not make it and come out with an autobiography, but someone that's currently still trying to make it, but keeps getting setbacks and setbacks and setbacks due to injury. So we hope you sit back and enjoy this podcast and can take a bit from Sam's experiences. G'day, g'day. Back here for the fourth installment of the podcast. We've got Sam with me today. Uh, how you going today, Sam? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? Always good here at Health Interactions. Sam. You got signed to the VFL, which for people out there that don't know what the VFL is, it's the Victorian State League. It's the league below AFL in Victoria, and every state has their own state league. So I guess the equivalent to that New South Wales in Rugby League would be the New South Wales Cup, Queensland, Queensland Cup in Rugby League, and it's the VFL here in Victoria. So Sam moved over from England in 2016. To give AFL a shot, he was playing over there throughout his whole life and was a big supporter of the AFL, even from over in England. Moved over here 2016 to give it a go. He got signed with the Western Bulldogs in 2016 in the VFL, got to round three and tore his meniscus in his left knee. That didn't deter him too much because 2017 he went again and trialled out with Sandringham, another VFL club, and again got signed. Though, again, this time he made it to round nine until Cartledge left knee again. Rehab got him to one last chance. He didn't want to give up on his dream of playing at an elite level of AFL. So he trialled for West Perth in the Waffled, the West Australian Football League, another state league. And they liked what they saw and signed him on for two years. Two days later, he tore his left knee, broke down again, again, needs surgery. And now we've got him here. Six days post-surgery after that. How are you going, Sam? Yeah, good. It's a bit sore and a bit swollen, but not too bad. Yeah. So how did that whole experience from, you know, 2016, 2017, 2018, three different clubs in a state league so quite a high level of Aussie rules football to then keep trying to get there how did that have a bearing on you and what do you plan what are your movements moving forward it's just frustrating is the main sort of emotion
1: that comes out it's um, just you do all the hard work and it just goes a bit wrong but worse things happen I guess moving forward Um, I haven't really got a plan as yet. It's sort of first step was to get through surgery, which I've done. And now it's just sort of see how rehab treats me and we'll go from there. I'm not really having any plans for next year as yet.
0: Yep. Do you think you'll give Aussie rules another go?
1: I'll play next year. It just depends on, yeah, depending on the rehab and how my body pulls up and how I feel. We will see where I play.
0: Yeah, what level I play at. So you moved back to Melbourne. I understand to be a lot closer to some of your support networks. But being from England, what was it like for you having your biggest support network in a different country?
1: Yeah, it's, it's difficult because it does make it more difficult because obviously your immediate family are sort of, as you say, your closest support network. But at the same time, I haven't lived at home since I was 18. So it's not like I got homesick. There's times where you could... Your family being around you would be pretty nice, but on the on the whole, they still support me, still speak pretty regularly. So it's not like we're completely out of contact. So it is difficult, but I'm lucky enough to have a very good support network in Melbourne to get me through it. So I've been very lucky in that sense.
0: Yeah. I guess everyone's dream growing up in Australia and probably around the world is to play an elite level of sport and such a high level. What's it like for you to be so close to touch it time and time again and then for your own body to tell you that it's not going to happen this time?
1: Yeah, cause you get, you get like a taste of it. So you do a pre-season, you get a sniff of what it's like to, to play football at a high level, to play sport at a high level. And then it gets taken away pretty quickly. So it's, again, it's just frustrating because you do all the hard work, you do all the, the, all the running and all the, all the likes in pre-season and then it just goes wrong. And to only have played 11 games or so in my three years here, it's pretty, it's pretty upsetting. But yeah, it's, my motivation hasn't sort of faded as yet. I still have a drive to play at a high level, but. Yeah, it's just it's one of those ones you think you start to think to yourself your mind plays tricks on you you think if I why am I bother why do I do this because it's just going to go wrong anyway so what's the point
0: I think it's pretty inspirational to have you talking about the motivation never wavering has there been times where you really struggled mental health especially where you've really considered the future of you in sport.
1: Yeah, previous two injuries, I was pretty good. I managed to um, sort of keep myself in pretty good nick. But this last one was was definitely a lot difficult for me, purely because of the the move over to Perth, and then for it to go wrong within a month or so to come back to Melbourne after quitting my job. It took a took a toll on me to commit to something so heavily, and then like I said, quit my job and got a job over there and was settled and had a house and then for it to come back and not have a house and not have a job yeah it does i did struggle for the first probably three or four weeks and that's when i sort of explored my options of getting going to see someone getting some help what help was that i just went to see my local after probably three or four weeks of feeling just flat just really down and tired and just a bit like i said just a bit flat i um went to see my gp and just explained to him what happened and he put me in a mental health program and referred me to a psychologist for a few sessions.
0: I mean, I could only recommend someone out there that might be listening to do the same. How did you find that? Was it super beneficial for you to be able to talk about it to someone? I mean, you've always been able to have people to talk to, I'm sure, but like to just have that third party that doesn't really know you at all, to be able to just talk to them about it that has experience in it?
1: Yeah, that's and that's the thing. The fact, even just speaking to my GP, they didn't know me. They didn't know my story. They didn't know anything about me. It was just having that, like you said, third party that didn't have any sort of pre-judgment of me just made it so much easier to sort of talk about what I've been through and what I've been experiencing. I'd spoken to my family briefly about how i had been feeling a bit flat and they'd recommended, they encouraged me to go see someone, but I hadn't really spoken to anyone, sort of friends or
0: people over this side in Melbourne. It's so tough to do. I mean, myself, I've struggled with some depression and things like that in the past and I've, that's probably the hardest thing I've struggled with is talking to people. I mean, I used my brother to talk to him about it and things like that, but it was only because he pushed me and pushed me and he knew that there was something up and I was able to talk to him about it, but I, I always struggled to put myself in a position where I was seeking to talk about it. I didn't want to talk about it. I guess, if anything, I'm trying to encourage other people out there that talking's really good. When I spoke to my brother, when you spoke to the psychologist, I think we can both agree that it was very beneficial. And yeah. it's, you know, the stigma. You, we don't. We want to get rid of that stigma. Yeah, we want to be able to talk about it more.
1: Yeah, and I think that I didn't really, obviously my family were sort of driving me to, to do it, but I think what did it for me was it started to affect how I interacted with some of my friends. At that point, That was when i decided that rather than let's take over or take control or get worse or whatever it got to a point where i thought enough's enough like let's get this fixed good work mate yeah, it was, and it did me good, so... Good, good. I'd highly recommend it.
0: And throughout this whole process, you've always been someone that's really into your exercise. You're always in the gym. We're always having a bit of a laugh here. It's something that you never gave up, I, I noticed. You're always in here, whether it was doing rehab for your knee from the exercises that I gave you or you would go and do your own upper body, like your your bench and your strength and conditioning. What role does exercise play? It's just a
1: it's a release from every day, I guess. It's it's your own little place you can go to and do, do something something I'm good at you're a beast not anymore so, yeah it's just it's like it's just a release you don't have to worry about doesn't matter if you're having a rubbish day or a good day you can get in here and do what you need to do but i think the, the biggest thing as well is it's just gets you into a routine routine helped me massively um yeah.
0: you know you, you came back here with no job because you, you got rid of that so you could move to to perth and play in the waffle to not have that routines probably really recommended yeah exactly and
1: that's what one of that was one of the main points the doctor got across to me was get a routine and even if it's a really basic routine just get something just so you've got something to follow and that's what i did and exercise sort of fit into that perfectly because you you know what time you'd go to the gym you do your jobs and crack on and try and make make something of the day and then it was difficult at times when especially with Rehab for an injury that you know you're just gonna have to get surgery on anyway. It's this point there's times where you just think, oh, well, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? But it helps, and I think and strengthen. Obviously, for from a rehab point of view, it makes sense to do it in the long run. But there were times where you just don't want to do it, but the routine helped yep. massively.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you're feeling flat and that lack of motivation, it would have been such a struggle dragging yourself here. Yeah, it is, but you've got to do it. So you've had one hell of an experience over the past few years. You've been in elite sport levels and you've been in surgery wards. What advice can you give someone else having that experience on board what advice could you pass on to someone else i think as we've
1: discussed a few times i think not comparing yourself to other people is something that i've done i've compared myself to a few sort of even random people you compare yourself to it's human nature isn't it yeah it's so
0: hard to not compare but yeah i think you're exactly right a knee injury isn't a knee injury there's so many different types of knee injuries and different surgeries and Conditions and everything else. Yeah, you just it plays tricks
1: on you, and it doesn't do you any good to compare yourself. So I think whatever you're going through, take it for what it is. Don't compare it to someone else. Look to other people as inspiration, and and there are people that are worse off than me, without a doubt. Like, it'd be silly to suggest otherwise. Yeah. But at the same time, what you're going through is it's your own personal issue or whatever, even if good, bad, whatever. So I think don't compare yourself. I mean we
0: can't compare ourselves to anyone else I mean the whole reason that uh, we wanted to do this podcast is because I think we look too much to athletes and celebrities for our motivation and inspiration and we work with such incredible people all the time that have such inspiring stories and I think we can probably look at people in our own community for that inspiration rather than necessarily looking to athletes and celebrities. You're in the bracket of being so close to being an athlete and you might not ever reach that potential that you might have when you were 20 years old. If you thought at 20 years old, what's my potential as an Aussie rules player now compared to being 24 years old and three pretty big injuries to the left knee, it might bring me, bring you back to earth a little bit more. So talking about comparing yourself to people, was there anyone that you were comparing yourself to? Yes,
1: yeah, so there was, there was um, a documentary I found during my first... Yeah, my first rehab, it was, um, about a guy who plays at Geelong, Dan Menzel, who's had four ACL reconstructions. It's called A Long Way Home. It's a great documentary. I'd rec- highly recommend it, but I'd always, I'd watch that. I still do. I watch it when I'm sort of feeling a bit flat about sort of my situation, which is, it's not a good feeling to, it's not a good place to be, but I watch it because he's been through four ACLs, which are 12 month rehabs. So you think, and I think to myself, well, he can do it and he's fine, but then think, going back to comparing yourself. He's a full-time athlete, he's paid a full-time wage, and he's got support of an elite football club around him. So again, in that situation, you can't compare yourself because he's got that to help him through it. And yeah, it's still, obviously, whatever what he's done is pretty amazing to come back and be playing AFL football after that is pretty good and you can take a lot from that. But at the same time, with two very different stories, it's two very different people, so at the end of the day, it's...
0: You're in a situation where you were released from clubs when you got your injury. Exactly, so... Not paid a full-time wage to do your rehab.
1: Yeah, so in that sense, you can't compare yourself. You've got to pick and choose what bits you take from that, I think. You've got to take the motivational aspect of that. You can... He can do it, I can do it. But then at the same time, give yourself some leeway because he's, like I said, being paid a a completely different situation. He's got a whole support work. Well, I've got support network around, but it's very different to what his is. Definitely. Happy to write that one out there? Yeah. I will do. Perfect. Thanks a for coming in, Sam. You're welcome. Thanks, mate. Nice mo. Nice mo.